Feel Good Hemp is the first and only brand to offer high-quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform that offers proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. Feel Good Hemp was started by Noah and his wife, Danielle, after they used hemp oil and other techniques to save Noah's father from a terminal cancer diagnosis. Now, I heard this story firsthand when I interviewed Noah. It's a real good one, and it's probably the most heartfelt and compelling story I've ever heard about why someone started a CBD company. So Feel Good Hemp is more than just a great place to buy CBD products. It's actually a community of like-minded souls committed to feeling good and doing good. So use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save a third or 33% site-wide on your first purchase. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, uh, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Stephanie Wheatstrom. She's part of the Counseling Wellness Center of Pittsburgh. She specializes in marriage counseling and relationships, and I want to talk to her about her work. So, Stephanie, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's definitely a pleasure to be here. Well, if you would tell me about your your work in uh, in counseling, what what kind of situations uh, do you specialize in or focus on? So, marriage counseling is my uh, is my primary focus, and I I love to incorporate wellness strategies into um, into my work as a marriage counselor. So, finding opportunities to enhance relationships before they fall into patterns of disrepair is a is a really big focus of mine. Okay. What what are some of the, um, you, you call it patterns of disrepair, I guess. What do you notice about the people that come in? What kind of, um, you know, patterns do they have in their own relationship that seem to repeat a lot? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty famous quote. And it, it says that, you know, people who are happy in their relationships, you know, they they are happy in, in many different ways. But those who are um, very unhappy, you know, it's it's the unhappiness that we see as being, you know, falling into those discrete patterns. So, so often well-intentioned couples, they enter into that pattern of relationship decay. And, you know, there, there definitely are very specific styles to their conflict resolution or lack of conflict resolution, lack of intimacy, lack of time management, you know, disrepair of their own individual mental health, obviously can play a big part in it, you know, differences in parenting styles, differences in sexual, you know, libido, and differences in ways that they renew and express their needs, you know, all, all of those can can really and do play into um, relationship satisfaction. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. When people come to you for counseling, though, what, what's going wrong? What are some of the top things that you see that jump out at you that shows you this relationship is having problems? 
Yeah. So communication, communication is the number one reason that people seek relationship counseling. So um, whenever they're having a lot of communication conflict and in communication, it ends up being such a big heading that really envelops like all of our relationship, right? So we can be arguing about who's taking out the, the trash or the household chores or the finances, but often those items get kind of, you know, put into that category of communication issues. Well, you know, what are, what are some of the things you see in couples that when you're observing a couple talk, can you tell in your gut, you know, these, these, these guys aren't going to make it or, hmm, okay, I think I can fix this. Like what sense do you get when you talk to couples? Yeah, that's a great question. So I practice a specific kind of counseling, couples counseling called Gottman method. And so John Gottman, who created this theoretical model, he says that with about 95% accuracy, he can tell whether a couple will survive their, you know, whether they will remain together based on their emotional response whenever they are asked the question, how did you first meet, right? So it seems like it's a pretty innocent question, but under that, we are really using that question as kind of like a projective, the Rorschach kind of blot, you know, so you're looking at this thing and you're seeing how do they, do their facial cues respond to that? Do they have a smile whenever they're asked that question and think back to how did they first meet or do they kind of remain flat and neutral? And that emotional response to that question is really what does predict like how much emotional affection exists between these two people. And and I have seen that that question really be very telling into relationship outcomes. But at the same time, you know, I really believe and I know I know that the work that couples therapists do is really, you know, has tremendous power. And even if um, a couple is in that space of, you know, conflict and, you know, feeling really overridden with negativity and, and criticism, you know, of course, they're going to come into those initial phases, not feeling so great about things. So, you know, it, it, it is the job of the clinician to really, you know, find those spaces of hope and um, create those, those opportunities to form a roadmap, roadmap for, um, for change. It'd be terrible if Gottman's wife left him over the, the development <laughs> of his method. What, what does counseling look like? Is it many sessions? Is it a few? Is there a, um, like a curriculum that you take people through, you know, a series of exercises or discussions? Yeah, so um, couples therapy does end up having a short, shorter treatment route than than individual therapy, but even that, uh, there's a tremendous variability in length of therapy. So it can be as few as six to twelve sessions. I think a lot of the EAP or employee assistance programs they hover between like six and and ten sessions for individual therapy, and then you know it it climbs all the way up to many many years. So it it really depends on what presenting issues the individual or couple is is walking through the door with, as well as what are their resiliency factors? What are their, what other skill set do they bring to um, being able to problem solve and reduce some of their presenting issues? So it's, it really is such a matrix of things that, that influence the need for treatment length. But I think in looking at the greater kind of 
negative senses, the majority of people do start to feel some improvement at that like 10 session marker. So it's definitely a investment of of time and and energy for for the client as well so yeah how do you um i don't don't know if this happens but you know if a couple goes to counseling and they leave and they're walking out and then one of them says i can't believe you said this to me in the session and they end Uh, up fighting does that happen and how do you uh, prepare people not to do that yeah, that's a great, um, a great point. And you're absolutely right. One of the initial conversations that I have with couples is about not attempting, at least not in the initial phases of therapy, to not try to rehash um, the conversations that were had in the session or like, how could you say this? How could you think that? Because that it really is going to be a you know, a source of further conflict and until the couple. So, you know, a lot of what our work in couples therapy does is provides a deepening of the skill set to reduce conflict and to approach those issues with a sense of compassion and validation and sensitivity. So you learn as a couple those skills throughout the process. And, you know, I think later on, in this, the therapy, you know, maybe once we get to that like 10 or 12 session point, then you could start to, you know, in a, in a very scripted and intentional way, approach understanding your partner's perspective in those therapy sessions with a little bit more um, likelihood of gaining some, you know, gaining some ground. But I would definitely avoid if anybody is listening and you're doing couples therapy right now, try not to, um, to, to discuss those disagreements or differences of opinion outside of the therapy, just really using that, that therapy time to, um, you know, to have those tough conversations. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to not have answers right away. It's hard to sit with, with disagreement or disappointment for another week, you know, from, from session to session, but it is really important. Supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your overall wellness or to improve conditions like chronic pain, sleep issues, anxiety or depression, or other conditions related to inflammation. Feel Good Hemp offers high-quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform of proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. They're offering our listeners a very generous 33% off their first purchase. Use the coupon code GENIUS33. At checkout, and you'll save 33%. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. What is some of the homework that couples have to do to make sure that the sessions have impact and help them? Like, what do you end up telling people? Yeah, well, it really depends a lot on what their presenting issue is. But for communication, if we stick with that theme, there really are a lot of great, you know, great exercises. You can find some of them on our website, the counselingwellnesspgh.com website. And there are many exercises to start to like hear your partner better, right? So I think a lot of couples and individuals, they have great skill set with speaking, but it, it really is in the listening and the understanding part of communication that everyone could use a good refresher. So being your best listener means you're asking, number one, most basic is providing full attention whenever your partner is speaking and in 
you know, sort of looking at things that might be preventing that just attention piece from happening. And then, you know, the greater skill sets of really offering understanding and compassion and sensitivity. So all of those really can be broken down in a very formulaic way. Okay. Any last tips? You know, if you were to say to, couple, to a couple, look, if you really want this to be successful, you need to consider or do X, Y, and Z. And what would yeah. that be? Yeah. So my my number one relationship tip would be, uh, it's a kind of existential, but accepting that conflict, unhappiness, aloneness, those are all not only a part of the human experience, but they're also a part of the healthy relationship. So, you know, the more that a couple tries to practice conflict avoidance, the more likely that they are going to exhibit a pathological style of disagreement that that actually erodes at their relationship more greatly. So you must really be ready to, to dig in and come at problem issues to get anything done in, in love. So, you know, I think we should all be cautious whenever we hear someone say, oh, we have the perfect marriage. We barely ever disagree because those are the couples that are probably much more close to divorce than they really you know, whenever, whenever we're saying that, that we, I do, um, I do marry you. I do love you. What we're really agreeing to isn't like a forevermore romance. What we're agreeing to is to consistently problem solve with another person in a respectful um, solution focused way for the rest of our life. So I, I always tell couples that, you know, whenever you say, yes, I want to be married, you're really committing to probably attempting to solve and forgive over and over and over again, the same issue for the rest of your life. So if that sounds great with your honey, then, you know, definitely um, consider marriage, but marriage isn't easy, right? Those that's not easy to um, forgive the same perpetual issues over and over again. But that really is what is required of us to, you know, to have those conflicts, to forgive, to, to have a a happy and long marriage. What do you notice any difference in relationships, you know, the past two years because of the whole virus situation, or do you notice, you know, differences in relationships that have been going on for 20, 30 years versus two, like anything that jumps out at you? Yeah, so I think the initial hypothesis when all of the, you know, like remote working and telehealth, telehealth work and that kind of thing came to the horizon, you know, a lot of people in my field initially believed, hey, this is going to be really hard on relationships. And there there definitely are, you know, domestic violence, things, those tragedies definitely um, amplified substance use amplifies. But if we're looking at the relationships um, in, in other capacities, there were a lot of beautiful things that happened. Um, you know, as we looked at families who are having two people working from home, they actually, you know, there, there are instances where this isn't true, but, um, overall people had more time together, which 
really helped them to, you know, feel a little bit more satisfied with their relationships. The tremendous burden that happens from having to, you know, drive into the office, this extra time that's added on to life that that we really don't have. Um, So by doing work from home, that that was a positive impact. I think also the single people took a even bigger hit with with COVID. I think single and elderly people were really impacted their mental health in a very negative way because of the loneliness, right? So loneliness, if you're living it alone and your family members aren't able to see you because of this virus and all of those things that have become a part of our reality really, really hit those, those people. And then the single folks that are maybe even looking to to date or meet someone, you know, it, it adds such a layer of such a, a negative layer to their ability to go out and, and date and meet new people if, if we're simultaneously afraid of, you know, breathing the same air as them. So those, the single folks and the elderly really are the, the ones that we should be um, looking out for over this, um, you know, the continued course of this pandemic. Well, very good. Um, what's the best way for people to find out more about your work? And if they need help, I don't you know, what areas can you help people in or, you know, all over the country or just your state and local area? So how do, how do people get in touch? Yeah, so the Counseling and Wellness Center of Pittsburgh, we can be found at counselingwellnesspgh.com. And um, we are a cooperative of over 70 mental health counselors who are licensed mostly in Pennsylvania, but also um, we do have some clinicians that are licensed in some other states. So um, it is, you know, easiest for us to help those who reside in in Pennsylvania. Um, We do accept all major commercial health insurance as well as self-paying clients. And we definitely are glad to support um, the mental health and wellness needs of individuals suffering from anxiety, depression, recovering from from trauma, late stage, early recovery of, of substance use, anger management, and, uh, you know, a whole really mental health and wellness for the lifespan. And of course, my specialty is marriage and relationship counseling. Okay. And website is the best way to get a hold of you? Or what's the single point of contact or multiple points that you think are best? Yeah. So um, counseling, www.counselingwellnesspgh.com or 412-856-WELL, like W-E-L-L. And we certainly would be glad to help you. We have a reception team who's ready to pair you with the appropriate therapist for your needs. Well, very good. Stephanie, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You take good care. Remember, before you go, supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your well-being. Get your CBD from a company that cares and offers you holistic support in your healing or wellness journey. Feel Good Hemp is giving our listeners 33% off their first purchase. You can use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save 33% site-wide. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. 
This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.